Welcome to PackSafe's Legal Department of the Future podcast. I'm PackSafe founder and CEO, Brian Powers. As an attorney who's ventured into the tech world, I'm always looking for ways to fuse the legal and tech spaces together. In this podcast, I sat down with Jeremy Gottschalk, former general counsel of Sitter City and the founder and CEO of Marketplace Risk. Tune in as I chat with Jeremy about his successful tenure at Sitter City and how it inspired him to launch the Marketplace Risk platform which is pioneering the collaboration and best practice sharing amongst in-house lawyers across the entire online marketplace vertical. Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. So why don't we get started? Just uh, give us a little bit about your background because it's, you've had a pretty interesting journey as an attorney. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I practiced law formally um, for about 15 years. Uh, I spent the first half of that in um, primarily at uh, K&L Gates um, and then was recruited in-house in 2010 as general counsel at Sitter City uh, after having worked for them for about two years uh, as their outside counsel. Essentially went in right after the Series A um, and uh, was in-house at Sitter City for about seven years um, and then uh, left in 2017 to focus full-time on uh, building this marketplace risk platform. Let's talk about uh, your time in-house. Tell us a little bit about Sitter City. Sure. So Sitter City is is, uh, the world's largest platform uh, for childcare. So uh, we look at them as marketplaces um, and, and the largest market po- childcare marketplace in the world. Um, you know, over, over the years, you know, Sitter City has a consumer product, um, a, a subscription and transactional business for, to uh, find um, uh, and engage childcare babysitters and nannies. But it also uh, is offered uh, through uh, Bright Horizons, which is the largest childcare company in the world, as a uh, employee benefit, as part of employee benefit programs. Uh, and then, in addition, over the years, we've had contracts with the Department of Defense, um, all four branches, to provide childcare access to um, reserve and active duty military. So. Um, from its inception in 2001 to today, it's really grown to be uh, you know, the, the largest kind of multifaceted childcare marketplace in the world. What was your role there? Can, how did it start out? How did it evolve? What that day-to-day looked like over time? Yeah, it, you know, it's interesting. It, um, the, when I was brought in in 2010, um, the company had just raised at Series A, and the CEO um, really recognized the exposure uh, with marketplaces um, and the risk profile of a childcare marketplace specifically. So, you know, as I tell people, I was brought in relatively early uh, as in a a marketplace's um, uh, life cycle. Um, and was really brought in to do a couple things. One, obviously build, create and build the, the legal function, but two, um, really to, to drill into the liability and the exposure uh, of a marketplace. So you know, how do you protect both sides of a marketplace um, and keep 
you know, at both sides uh, safe. And then uh, obviously, you know, protect the the company and look out, look out for the company. So you know, there was a, an administrative um, uh, portion to my role, but also, you know, a functional, uh, probably two thirds of it was functional in, in, um, protecting the, the platform and the integrity of the platform, um, as well as the, the company itself. You know, we, we've talked about this before. You were pretty successful in doing that. I think you had almost a perfect track record there about, uh, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? It, it's, it's a great yeah, story. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, success for a lawyer, I think, uh, especially, you know, when it comes to litigation, it's like proving a negative, right? So if you, um, you, you don't get sued or, um, you know, you, there aren't any incidents, um, you know, I look at that as success as the hallmark of success. So practically speaking, you know, if we, you know, our goal is to keep our platform safe, uh, both, uh, supply and demand, the sitters and the families. Um, and so, um, you know, we do that through a very, very comprehensive kind of risk management program um, that's really thought through from end to end. So, you know, thinking through the customer journey and all of that, and we leverage um, tools and resources that um, have really uh, ended up with, what we've ended up with is, you know, I would argue probably one of the most um, comprehensive uh, thorough um, kind of risk management uh, uh, processes or protocols that exist today, um, and and you know that takes time, right? So we, uh, we I've been working with the company for for over ten years, um, and and over that decade, um, you know because of the emphasis that's been put on trust and safety, um, and and um, screening and these processes. Um, you know, we've experienced um, relative to, you know, the industry, but also, uh, you know, other industries, other marketplaces, um, you know, uh, very, uh, very minimal um, incidents and issues. Um, and, you know, you know, we've also, uh, in, in other areas of the business, um, you know, we've taken a really, truly a comprehensive approach um, and legal has been kind of at the table um, in all aspects of the business. So whether it's um, marketing, whether it's um, developing the product, the technology, et cetera, um, you know, we had a leadership team that really valued um, the lawyers and the legal team such that we were involved in all aspects of uh, the business. And as a result, um, you know, we, we were at the table and able to see around corners and, and anticipate any issues and get in front of things uh, and the result was that, you know, we, we have experienced, um, you know, very minimal, very few uh, uh, issues and incidents um, over the, you know, the last 10 years relative to the size of um, the marketplace. Uh, you know, we, we're talking millions of customers and, um, uh, you know, such a small fraction of uh, any issues or incidents, which is again uh, a testament to you know, the leadership team uh, and and the CEO's value of the legal function um, as a you know, business partner. 
Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, when when I when I talk to folks about uh, Sitter City in general and my my time, you know, in house, you know, it was you know our success was obviously a team effort, but you know the legal department was a uh, was at the table uh, throughout my entire tenure. Um, uh, such that we are, you know, yeah, they had that perspective in, in that um, uh, the participation of uh, the legal resources. Yeah, that's great. I think that's something that uh, most most in-house lawyers would aspire to achieve. Um, how to have that seat at the table? It, and it, frankly, it's a little bit rare uh, to actually have that so early. Why do you think that was there? Why do you think that? legal was given that seat at the table so early on and to be a business partner. Yeah, you know, ultimately it starts at the top, right? So it is, I think that the, the CEO of the company sets the tone, uh, the direction. Um, and as a part of that, you know, makes the decision of, you know, who is involved in what. And um, the decision was made when I was brought in that, you know, I was at, I had a seat at the table, just like product, just like tech, just like marketing operations, et cetera. Um, so you know, in reality, it's, it's a very simple decision, but I think it reflects leadership's view of lawyers and, um, and kind of their, their function and their role. And, you know, as I tell people, uh, you know, CEOs and, and, and business uh, folks in general see lawyers as one thing or another. They see lawyers as deal killers or profit killers, or they see them as business partners. And, and there's not often, uh, in my experience, uh, a middle ground. It, it's really one extreme or the other. And so you have to make that conscious decision to have the lawyer at the table um, as a part of all conversations or, you know, if you selectively bring the lawyer in, they're missing pieces. Um, and, and, you know, a business is telling one story. They're delivering on one mission. And if you have you know, the lawyer or, frankly, any other executive coming and going, uh, they're missing pieces of the puzzle. They're missing uh, chapters of the story. Uh, and so, you know, I would attribute it solely to the leadership um, and particularly, you know, CEO who valued uh, the the lawyer uh, as a business partner generally, and then of course specifically, um, you know, had me, uh, you know, I was uh, on the executive team with all of the, you know, the COO and and the head of product and tech and et cetera. Uh, so, you know, it's it it sounds like a, a somewhat of a philo- philosophical. Um, issue. Uh, I think it's more of a practical issue, um, but uh, the decision is ultimately made by the CEO and whatever their view on lawyers uh, is, um, that's going to to rule the day. So clearly the the Sitter City experience um, has led you to uh, your current endeavor, Marketplace Risk. It's kind of the foundation to all of that. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how marketplace risk started, what it is. So when I went in house at Sitter City, much like you know any startup, um, there are there is a lack of resources, um, uh, but there are um, you know, big problems to solve. 
And uh, oftentimes when the first lawyer comes in, the, the perception, I think, among um, the leadership team is that you know, the legal problems are now solved because the lawyer is in-house and the budget will be reduced because we don't need to pay for outside lawyers. And, you know, of course, that's not the case. The, you know, lawyers come in and, and when they spot issues, they want to address them. And, and even the best business lawyers who pick and choose battles wisely um, you know, still need to raise issues that exist um, because their job is to protect the company and, and um, in this case, you know, protect the, uh, the marketplace and all of the, co- the customers. Um, and so, you know, in, in, in this case, much like many other startups, there weren't, uh, you know, there's not, there's not a budget, frankly, uh, adequate to solve all of the issues. Uh, and so I set out very early in my um, tenure at Fitter City to leverage colleagues at anal- analogous marketplaces um, to work together on um, risk management and legal issues. So really, you know, we, we had decided early on that there's no benefit for the industry to be competing on, um, you know, risk management and, and legal um, uh, kind of legal strategy or legal issues um, or you know any types of negative incidents or, 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 or press or etc so one of the things uh, that I did immediately was simply in you know, the old-fashioned way called up a bunch of other colleagues and asked them if they would be interested in getting together on a semi-regular basis to talk about all things trust and safety and risk management um, and to share what we were doing, but also to learn from them. So ultimately it started as what I would call a working group. Um, And over time that expanded because it was very productive. Uh, We learned a ton from one another um, and, uh, and, you know, obviously enjoyed sharing what we were doing um, all for the, the greater good, the benefit of the industry. And, and keep in mind, this started in the childcare space, but it quickly expanded because other verticals were interested in participating. So much of what we were doing is transferable to other vertical uh, verticals in the marketplace space, but frankly, e-commerce generally. Um, and so over time, that working group grew and uh, you know, got to the point where um, we decided to evolve it into a conference um, because the, the working group was too big. You, know, you lose productivity the larger that group gets. It just got unmanageable. So we developed a two-day conference. Um, and in 2015, we, we hosted the first conference. Um, we hosted two that year. And the goal of it was much the same as the working group to provide a platform for our, you know, for colleagues to share information, to learn from one another and to network, um, ultimately to, to be, to serve as a resource. Um, and the platform was the, the, the medium uh, for um, that sharing and networking and, um, and learning. And it, you know, it just grew, it grew legs. Um, there, there, there really is a lack of resources out there for 
the folks in-house looking at risk management and legal strategy, whether it be lawyers, um, you know, risk managers, folks focused on insurance, et cetera. In the marketplace space, especially as um, marketplaces have proliferated in the U.S. and around the world, there was a disproportionately low amount of resources. The other part of this is, while we had, I've worked with in my career some amazing lawyers and still do, um, the reality is, you know, on a limited uh, budget uh, with a lack of resources, um, but serious issues, especially where these marketplaces are innovating and disrupting current regulations, laws, legal structures, et cetera, um, uh, you, know, you, the, you need a resource um, uh, and oftentimes you, you can't afford a deep dive that a, a good law firm would do um, and you, know, you need a quick answer or you need to talk to someone who's done it before. And so the idea was that the marketplace risk platform, although it just started as a conference and has evolved into more, would be that medium for in-house lawyers, um, you know, risk managers to uh, connect, to learn from one another with real-world experiences, um, and uh, and to share with one another what you know what they had learned and kind of how they had approached and solved uh, certain issues. And over the years, you know, it's it's grown, um, uh, which one demonstrates there, there's a lack of resources out there, but two that there's really this, you know, within a network, um, there's tremendous value in in kind of problem solving and crowdsourcing and um, crowdsourcing, sorry, problem solving collectively and you know, kind of crowdsourcing um, issues. Um, and in the spirit of you know, the sharing economy uh, in collaboration and peer-to-peer, there's a willingness uh, within the industry to work uh, together to solve a lot of these problems. And, and more importantly, the veterans you know, who've, who've, been, who've seen the issues and solved the issues, um, uh, being willing to share with others has been really productive. And you know, all of these pieces have, have led to the proliferation of this platform. As you've evolved from, you know, working group to a conference to a platform, what are the different components of that platform now? It, you know, as you mentioned, it started as a, a working group evolved into a conference. Um, and, you know, just through listening to um, uh, attendees at the conference, colleagues in my network, you know, we've responded to how people want to receive information and the best way to um, connect with them. And so um, most of what we've done has been reactive to the needs of others. And, and so that started, um, although it started you know, with a conference and you're kind of traditional um, uh, kind of gathering with speakers and, and professionals and experts, um, it's, it evolved into you know, a roadshow where we took content uh, to uh, cities and tech communities all over the country um, uh, to talk about uh, issues that were top of mind for marketplaces. Um, you know, that then evolved to webinars because people, certain, you know, people in certain geographies um, couldn't access or couldn't, couldn't make it to the roadshow. 
And so, but they wanted to access some of the content. Uh, and so we developed a webinar series that leverages the speakers uh, and, the, and the content at the conferences and at the roadshow, um, but obviously is delivered virtually. Then over time, uh, folks wanted to, to connect with uh, each other uh, on a regular basis and not just um, at the conference and not just um, at the road shows. So we developed a Slack forum that hosts a bunch of different channels, um, subject specific channels ranging from um, you know, terms of use agreements to risk management to insurance uh, and you name it, um, where uh, members of the industry of the community and, and industry um, uh, professionals can connect and, and get answers to questions and share information that they've learned. And then, um, so kind of further down the line, um, uh, we have. Uh, launched a, a, another conference in London that that is more global. Um, that is, uh, the, the content is curated by sharing economy industry groups from from literally all over the the world, um, uh, and so it's a it's a much broader um, uh, conference um, and a little bit higher level in that um, you know the, it's it's very global. So it, it, it has a, a much broader kind of higher um, level approach to a lot of these topics, cutting out some of the, the uh, you know, U.S. centric or, or region specific content. Um, uh, but there's, you know, there, ultimately the, the, the goal of the platform is to provide resources around risk management and legal strategy for marketplaces and the sharing economy. And, and so our goal is to um, is to you know connect with people wherever they're at, uh, physical, physically, uh, of course, um, but also wherever they're at in their career and um, uh, kind of wherever they're at within their uh, their organization. And so you know through you know webinars and roadshows and events and and, and you, know, you name it, we are trying to provide content and access uh, to um, the industry. Okay, so so clearly, you know, you've been able to kind of pioneer this awareness um, and collaborative environment in the marketplace vertical um, through this this amazing platform that you've built, and so you you've been given access to uh, in a, a pretty wide-reaching network of uh, legal folks in this vertical. I'd be curious to know kind of what your take is on how you know how they're how they're adopting technology to solve some of these issues that collectively, you know, they all have. Yeah. So being that we're talking about tech companies at, you know, at the core, these are all um, you know, tech companies, their product is virtual. Um, these organizations are, are lo always looking for efficiencies and are much more willing to you know, take risks and explore kind of innovative ways to um, facilitate the legal function, if you will. And so um, you know, it, it, tech is in the DNA of these organizations. And that if in order to be, you know, I would argue in order to be a, a, a GC or an in-house lawyer at a tech organization, 
you have to have that perspective um, and that lens. And so, you know, there are a multitude of examples of um, services uh, that specifically for, for these tech organizations that address legal needs faster, more efficiently, um, and, and, and much more innovative, innovatively than perhaps a traditional legal department at you know, a brick and mortar type operation or a fortune company. Um, and, and, and a lot of that, again, is, is due to the, the DNA or the profile of the, the tech uh, operator uh, or the tech lawyer or the in-house lawyer at a tech company. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. One last question before we wrap things up. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll have some, uh, some first-time marketplace in-house counsel uh, listening to this. I'd be curious, what, uh, what, what one really good piece of advice would you give the first lawyer, uh, you know, in one of these marketplaces that, you know, when they're successful, they grow very fast. So uh, one piece of advice, what would it be? So if I may, um, if I may offer two, the first and sure. foremost is you know, any business lawyer, um, but particularly in a, in a marketplace or a tech company that, that, that's truly innovating and, and disrupting kind of the status quo, um, uh, you know, the answer always has to be yes, uh, but, or yes, and figure out how. Because as, as you've mentioned, you know, growth, uh, hyper growth is the goal. And if, if lawyers come at problems um, skeptically or thinking, no, that's not going to work, you're going to impede growth. And so the, the perspective I've always taken and what I always tell lawyers is figure out how to say yes. Uh, and you can certainly qualify it. Um, the, the, the idea is not to um, you know, send, uh, send the team out in front of a fruit uh, shooting range. Um, but, uh, that, you know, coming, you know, coming with that perspective is really helpful to enable the, the other teams within an organization, um, to think creatively and think outside the box and really innovate. Uh, and that doesn't come with it without challenges for sure, but, uh, it, it really, uh, enables others within the organization to, to develop and innovate, um, and to progress. Because, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, a lot of folks view lawyers as deal killers or, or profit killers. And, and that's because I think lawyers get a bad rap as always being the ones to say no, to being overly cautious. They're not risk takers. And, and you know, the reality of a tech company or, or uh, marketplaces, you know, by definition, they're taking a risk. So many of these companies are disrupting the status quo. I mean, you, you name it, ride sharing, home sharing, um, you know, the list goes on and on. They're disrupting, um, uh, in some cases, you know, centuries old institutions. And so that requires a lawyer um, or lawyers to be thinking, how can we get this done? Not why should we, should we avoid, uh, avoid the risk? Uh, and so, you know, figuring out how to say yes, taking risks, understanding the business. I think mean, that's, that's the first piece. The second piece, and this is what I tell everyone, is you know, uh, talk less and listen more. 
because lawyers are, you know, part of your job as a lawyer is to think on your feet, to solve problems. And in many cases, lawyers are, are trained in law firms or are trained in a traditional legal function. Going in-house, uh, especially at, at some of these marketplaces where you're, you're, you're really developing uh, new ideas and products and services, um, you, know, you, you really need to understand the whole picture. You really need to be there. You really need to participate. Um, and, and you really need to listen uh, before making up your mind. Um, and, 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 and this is a follow-on to the first point, point but um, and, and start and start uh, talking about all of the risks and the issues so you know as a part of kind of getting to yes um, really listening uh, and, and instead of talking and just listening to to what the you know the others are have to say and what they're doing with their vision um, and you combine those two things and I think you've got a, a, a really successful business lawyer in-house at a uh, a tech company or uh, you know some sort of an innovative business um, that's hopefully growing. Jeremy, this has been great. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. Absolutely, my pleasure.